And thanks for staying with us this morning on Real Presence Live. Nick Medelsky from St. James Coffee in Rochester. A beautiful morning to be with you this morning. We're coming near uh, the end of our time, the last uh, quarter of the show this morning. And we have a wonderful guest to talk to with a very ominous-sounding book title. Um, but as I mentioned before the break, still, it's uh, actually a, a beautiful book full of hope. And we actually have two copies uh, to give away this morning on Real Presence Live. If you call our main studio at 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. Um, And we are giving away copies of the book that we'll talk about in our interview with Emily Stimson Chapman. Thanks for joining us this morning. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And uh, happy fifth wedding anniversary, right? Just a few weeks ago? Uh, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, about 11 days ago. Well, congratulations. Uh, So uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. who might not be familiar. Yeah, I am a Catholic writer. I've been writing books and Bible studies and essays and stories for almost 20 years now. Um, I am married as of five years ago, and my husband and I have three little children, three under three at this point. So um, we have an almost three-year-old and almost one-year-old and a three-month-old. So I'm very, very busy, uh, more with babies than with writing these days. But we live in Pittsburgh in a big old house and love to have people. Come visit us. Come visit us here. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Pittsburgh is the land of many Catholic churches. It's a very Catholic town, from what I've heard. Yes, beautiful churches. Absolutely. So, uh, would you share with our listeners a little bit about your uh, faith journey and how you started writing Catholic uh, for Catholic audiences? Sure. Um, I was uh, I was raised Catholic, but didn't I didn't know the faith well. I was catechized in the 1980s, and the 1980s mm. were not the golden age of catechesis for yep. anyone. Um, so when I was 19 and in college, I met a very cute Protestant boy who put some questions to me that I couldn't answer. Um, I would say that cute Protestant boys and bad catechesis are a dangerous combination, and that was definitely <laughs> the case for me. Um, so I, I wandered away from the church, um, met some wonderful evangelicals, and actually grew, grew in a love and understanding of who Jesus was. And then when I was 25, um, I was working in Washington, D.C., and had a co-worker who had gone to Franciscan University of Stephenville, and he put some more questions to me about Jesus in the church, and this time I really wanted to figure out what the answers were. So mm. I did a lot of reading and came back into the church, and that led me to go to Franciscan University, where I worked on my master's in theology. And while I was there, I started writing to help pay the grad school bills. So ah. it has always been sort of, yeah, it's not, it was not my plan to be doing this. But all these years later, here I am. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so uh, I mentioned a little bit about the book and mentioned uh, the first part of the title and how it sounds a little, you know, scary. Uh, but we uh, kind of went through uh, the ringer this past year, and the book is called Letters to Myself from the End of the World. Uh, what inspired you to, you know, first, what what's that title about, and uh, why why this book? <laughs> well, I last year I was I was supposed to be working on another book. I was under contract to write a book about a home a home invasion, but I was watching so many people struggle. They were struggling with scandals in the church. They were struggling with injustices in the world. They were struggling with. Just the bombardment of messages we get from social media and regular media, and a lot of them were coming to question their faith. You know, they were 
they were finding answers that were leading them away from Jesus and away from the church. Mm. And I recognized those struggles, and I recognized the questions they were asking because I had asked them myself. You know, I had wrestled with so many of the, you know, why, why do these scandals exist? How are we called to respond? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it mean to be holy? What does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a mother? Um, all of these were questions I'd asked, but my answers had led me closer to Christ and closer to the church. And so I wanted to share in the most gentle, loving way possible the answers I'd found with other people with the hopes that it could help them navigate this crazy, crazy world we're living in right now. Absolutely. And uh, the book has kind of a unique format. I think if I remember my English classes, it's called epistolary uh, format. Um, so the book is written as a bunch of uh, letters, right? I mean, that, that's in the title of the book. It is. Yeah, they're letters to my 25-year-old self. Um, that was mm. the year I came back to the church. Ah. And so it seems like a good point to, to place myself when I was sharing the, the wisdom I've gained over the past 20 years. Um, but the reason I love doing it in letter form, there's some of my favorite books that in letter form. Um, C.S. Lewis did it several times, and whether it was the Screwtape Letters or Letters to Malcolm on Fair, and you can do so much with letters. You can pack in a lot of content, of theology, scripture, but you can do it in a way that's accessible, that you know doesn't take a lot of time to read. So you can just read one letter, and it's a little bit you know condensed, but still rich with content and personal. Um, and I wanted people to feel like I was writing to them, not in a preachy way, but mm-hmm. like they were receiving a letter from a dear friend. So that, the format worked, and it was fun. It, it allowed me to do a lot more with the book than I would have if I'd been writing straight theology or doing a, doing a Bible study. Hmm. So is, is this the first book you've written in that format? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and I was surprised my, my publishers went for it, but they loved the idea, and it ended up being just a really effective device to communicate a lot, but to communicate it in a way that people can hear and relate to and see how it, how it applies to their life. Exactly, exactly. If you're just joining us, uh, Emily Stimson Chapman is on the phone. Tell us, we're chatting about her book, uh, Letters from the End, uh, Letters to Myself uh, from the End of the World, which sounds kind of cool. Sounds like a sci fi movie um, or maybe a series that uh, I'd watch on the sci fi channel, uh, but that's not, <laughs> that's not what it's about. Um, and, uh, it, but it's a very cool format, a very cool idea. Uh, you actually got your start, I think I saw, uh, writing uh, blogging. Is that correct? I did. I was. I started um, when I came to grad school way back in 2002. Uh, there was this new thing called blogs, and so I started one. Just thinking it would be a great way to communicate with friends. And because there were like five Catholic blogs at the time, mine attracted a lot of attention. And from there, that's how I got my start writing. Editors were inviting me to write for them, and that just. So I would say I didn't really pick the writing path. I just like here, walk through this door, and. I've been walking for <laughs> 20 years now. <laughs> so has there been a lot of, um, you know, is there a lot of changeover from going, was there a lot of changeover from going from writing a blog and basically being your own editor, right, uh, to writing for other publications and writing books and those sorts of things? Uh, you know, for, there really hasn't been. Um, I mean, What I love about writing is I write about so many different things. Um, I have a little bit of intellectual ADD, so I get bored if I'm just writing about, you know, salvation history or if I'm just writing about theology of the body. So 
So with the clients from the different places I work with, they're always giving me new things to write about, new ideas. And then I, I would say I'm a better editor than I am a writer. So ah. after, I write what I, after I write my whatever I'm working on, I edit the heck out of it because I don't want anyone else messing with it. So usually by the time I hand it over, the editors are like, great, Emily, you love Emily. She doesn't make us work very hard. So one of the ways to be employable as a Catholic writer, you just have to be your own editor, too. It's a good inside tip. Good inside tip. Learn how to edit your own work, and uh, that'll help you out, huh? Okay. Uh, so, um, what uh, what other um, books have you written? What's uh, you know? I see you've that you've also uh, written for uh, Endow. Is that? Uh, yes, I've Could done, you tell us a little bit six. about? Sure. Could you t- um, I've yeah. done six Endow studies. They have lots of studies. I've done six of them. Um, but Endowed is a wonderful women's ministry that is focused on helping women really dig deep into the wisdom of the saints and the knowledge of the Pope and to know the teachings of the Church and how they apply to our lives. So it is a content-rich ministry that strives to transform hearts and minds so we can just lead us deeper and deeper into the heart of the Church. And I did six book-length studies for them. Um, wow. I did one letter to women. I did their study on Catherine the Siena. Studying on the doctors of the church in Hildegard of Bingen. Um, I did their study on Humane Vitae. I did a study on suffering for them. And I did a stuff, uh, study on John Paul II's uh, letter on the rosary, his uh, encyclical on the rosary. So. Beautiful. So, um, Endow is a program that uh, parishes or small groups uh, can get these studies and go through them. Is that how that works? Yeah, I mean, a group of friends, if one woman and another friend want to go through them, they can. I mean, you can do them on your own, but they really are, I think, the most fruitful when you do it with a few other women, just because so much comes up in the conversation that um, enriches the experience. Beautiful, beautiful. That's wonderful to hear. Again, if you're just joining us, Emily Stimson Chapman on the phone uh, talking about several of the different books uh, that she's written and uh, the Endow study we just mentioned now. Um what other uh, what other books, um, you, if you had to pick a favorite of uh, all you've written, um, is there a favorite that you have? Oh, gosh. Well, see, the problem is that my favorite is the one, right, is, is this one right now, is uh, Letters to Myself from the End of the World. I, someone asked me that question the other day, and I had to explain, because, you know, my books are, I put so much of myself into my books, and where mm-hmm. I'm at, and what I'm thinking about, and... Years keep passing after I write books. I've written about half a dozen now. And because I change, I look back on some of them like, oh, I wish I could tweak that a little bit or I wish I could alter that. So my, my favorite book is always the newest book because it's the book that reflects who I am the most now. And so I don't feel the need to go back and tweak anything. So, But Letters to mm. Myself really is a great um I would say it's a synthesis of a lot of what I've done. Uh, if mm-hmm. you had to sum up my writing, it would be that I believe most of the problems in the world today come from an incorrect understanding of who God is and who He made us to be. And so everything I write is really ordered to helping people understand who they are and who God is. And that might take place in the context of theology of the body. It might take place in the context of food. Um, and letters to myself is really in the context of Christian maturity and understanding how, in a world that has lost its mind, we're called to respond. Like, as Christians, as Catholics, as sons and daughters of God, how do we respond in accord with our dignity, in accord with the truth of who we are? Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Uh, again, uh, thank you for listening this morning on Real Presence Live. Emily Stimson Chapman on the phone. We're talking about her book, uh, Letters to Myself from the End of the World, coming to you uh, live from St. James Coffee here in Rochester, Minnesota. Stay tuned. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. When we're baptized, we're grafted in the royal priesthood of Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility. We have a duty just because you're baptized. And when we do that, we fulfill something deep inside of us because God wants to use us to spread the gospel. And you might say, well, that's somebody else's job. Well, no, it, it isn't. It's your job. It's your yeah. duty. It's your responsibility. People are starving to hear the truth. They, they want to know that there is hope in this world. They want to know that they have a purpose. They want to know that there's a reason that they exist. And they want to know that they matter. And Catholic Radio Station does all of that. And so, and when we contribute, people will know deep, uh, they'll hear the gospel message and they'll know deep in their heart there is a God that loves them, a God, a God who died for them, a God who wants to spend eternity with them, and that there is hope. You know, we need to give people in this day and age, you know, hope. And Real Presence Radio gives us hope. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And good morning once again. Nick Medelsky, St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. We have the wonderful Emily Stimson Chapman on the phone talking about her newest book, Letters to Myself from the End of the World. Uh, So I thought we'd start out the second part of our interview uh, just asking about some of the different topics uh, that you're able to cover um, in this book. Yeah, the book is, uh, I cover a lot. (laughs) I cover a whole lot. Uh, The book is divided into eight sections, and there are 45 letters, which they're all very short. You can read them in probably five minutes or so. Hmm. Um, I wanted the book to be something that people weren't, you know, could sit down and think through and pray through um, in, you know, a much, much simpler way than, say, uh, St. Francis de Sales' Introduction to the Devout Life, which is also written in letter form. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not St. Francis de Sales, but I loved how he gave the series, you know, wide-ranging spiritual advice and advice on living the Christian life in just bitsy bits that people could digest. So that was what I wanted to do. So the topics range, um, I talk about holiness, I talk about 
the church and how we how we keep our faith in the church during during difficult seasons. I talk about um, just how Christians are called to respond to injustice, um, how Christians are called to uh, approach social media. I talk about the feminine genius and the obstacles, um, the obstacles and lies that Satan tells us to prevent us from, from being the spiritual mothers God calls us to be. Um, I talk about motherhood, about early motherhood. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm an old new mother, so I'm processing sort of my my experience of motherhood and the lies that I often see coming at me from, from social media. Uh, and I talk about prayer and how how what prayer is and how we pray to God in difficult seasons and busy seasons and how we make sense of unanswered prayers. And then I talk about at the end, I talk about how we really prepare our souls for the last things, um, how we're called to, how we suffer, how we're called to cultivate hope, how we're called to see each other and how we're called to understand the love of God. Beautiful. And so really covering the whole spectrum of the, uh, the Christian experience, the Christian life there. Beautiful. Uh, so, uh, are, is there um, is there any one letter that really stands out that you're, you know, is the one that everyone's got to read, or you know, or your personal favorite? You know, there's. It, it, I always have a different answer depending on what day you <laughs> ask me. Like, if I've had a really difficult day with the babies, I might say some one of the letters from motherhood. Um, but probably for me, the letter that is the most important is the second to last. And it talks about an experience I had in a coffee shop a long time ago mm. where I felt like God gave me a glimpse of just the radical beauty of the human person and the love he has for us and how um, when we see each other that way, when we reject the lies and the labels and the brands and stuff, you know, categorizing people uh, that's when we're truly free. And when we do that to ourselves, we can become truly free, too. So, again, it goes back to you know how we see the human person, how God sees us, how we see God. So many of the problems in our world today stem from not recognizing the love of God and the justice and mercy of God and our own dignity. And so when we can see those, we become capable of responding to the crises in our own life and the crises in the culture in a much more reasonable, loving, <laughs> uh, faithful, hopeful way. Beautiful. Um, so uh, what what do you hope readers will take away from this book? Um, you know, my, my goal with the book was to show, not tell. Um, and mm. I wanted to show what someone who has been growing in their faith over the past 20 years, despite all of the problems in the church and the culture, how I process, how I think through some of the great questions and struggles that we're all presented with. Um, I think one of the big problems in our church and our world today is that we lack um, we lack courageous, faithful, uh, loving leaders. We have we're, we're sort of living in a fatherless age, where a lot of the, the bishops that we look to, some of the priests that we look to, unfortunately, aren't always aren't always being the fathers they're called to be. And when the fathers aren't being fathers, the children tend to run off in every direction. <laughs> and so you see people running off to the far left and to the far right and mm-hmm. um, just, you know, listening to people on polarized ends of the church who are not helping us grow in our faith, who are not keeping us at the heart of the church. And so when I want, when the people read the book, I want them to go, oh, this is, this is what we're called to. We're called to 
in a fatherless age, have to grow up ourselves, have to do what St. Paul said about, um, you know, becoming, becoming grown-ups in the faith. And this is how we can process it, and this is how we think through these things. And it's not answers that I'm always giving, as it is a way of thinking through the challenges of life in a way that is faithful and loving, and that really abides at the heart of the Church. And as I said earlier, we do have uh, one more copy of that book to give away. If you give our studio call at 877-795-0122, that's letters to myself from the end of the world by Emily Stimson Chapman, uh, 877-795-0122. And we do have one of those books left. Uh, Emily, is this book written for a specific audience, um, or who who's kind of the target for this book, or is it really pretty much anyone? It is pretty much anyone. There's two sections that are definitely more focused on women. So the section on spiritual motherhood and the feminine genius, and the section on early motherhood. So probably men and husbands would get a lot of insight into <laughs> wives and girlfriends and sisters if they read those two chapters. Uh, but everything else is for men and women. Um, it's not for any specific age group. I would say 15 to 95. You know, it's a, it's a wide range of, of ages and topics. And there's going to be something in there for everyone because so much is covered. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, any final thoughts uh, or reflections you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, no, you, you talked, you just the the at the beginning about the title, The Letters to Myself from the End of the World. And when I came up with that title, it was it was during the height of the COVID mm. quarantine. Everything was locked down, and there were um, riots in the streets over right. over questions of racism. Uh, the election was coming up. <laughs> we all were like, oh, it's the apocalypse. It feels like the end of the world. <laughs> so part of that is a joke, but part of it, I do think there's been a fundamental shift in how we see people and how we talk to people and how we approach life. And that things are substantially different than they were 20 years ago. Um, I do think there's an end of the world as we've known it. And so how mm. we navigate this new world where people, where people don't always treat people like people, where we don't see the dignity of the human person, where we're often separated by screens, faith becomes even more important in this age. And so while the title is partly tongue-in-cheek, there's, a, there's also a very serious call to, call to deeper faith and deeper love in that title. Excellent. So before we let you go, um, where would people go to get a copy of the book? Uh, best place to go is always the publisher. Um, <laughs> Catholic publishing houses need your help. So I would say go to uh, Mayus Road Publishing, um, which is run by the St. Paul Center, Scott Hans Apostolate. You can also go to Amazon um, or Barnes & Noble or most places online where books are sold. Or you can ask your local Catholic bookstore to carry it, which is also a great way to support small businesses and Catholic businesses. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Emily. Oh, it was great talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. Beautiful. Excellent. Uh, and now we're going to send it up to Fabulous Fargo uh, for Eli to give us a preview of tomorrow's show. Hey, thanks, Nick. Great show today. A lot of really interesting guests. So we've got a good one coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Jack and Doreen Canelli, coming to you from our Fargo studios. They'll start off the show visiting with Shelley Pressler about finding healing in divine mercy. Then Dr. Matthew Bunsen will tell us about the life of the Lily of the Mohawks. Plus, Sean and Ann Madden 
will we'll, uh, tell us what it's like to be in a missionary family. All this and so much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That'll be tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Or, of course, you can listen online anytime at realpresenceradio.com. Right back to you. And that's true. The Feast of St. Kateri, the uh, Lily of the Mohawks, is coming up here in a day or two. I did have the wonderful privilege of visiting twice, actually, in my life, the uh, place uh, where she was born in upstate New York, as well as where she grew up up there. So it's a beautiful pilgrimage site if you ever get the chance. And actually, the village where she was born is also the shrine of the North American martyrs, uh, where St. René Goupil uh, was martyred, as well as St. John Leland, uh, who were there with the early Jesuit missionaries uh, to the Native Americans. And, you know, we talk about the blood of the martyrs being the seed of the church. Uh, they were literally martyred on the ground where the village, where St. Kateri, uh, the great lily of the Mohawks, the great Native American saint, was born. So kind of a cool connection there. It's a great pilgrimage destination if you ever find yourself out that way. Um, in upstate New York. So a wonderful place to visit. And I'd like to thank you uh, for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live for this time we've had together. I wanted to share again that St. James Coffee is having their uh, fundraiser party coming up this Saturday, July 17th uh, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. There will be uh, complimentary drinks offered as well as some other goodies, uh, silent auction, all kinds of things like that. St. James is the only Catholic coffee house, and I believe the only nonprofit coffee house here in the Rochester area. So uh, it's a great chance to come out and support them. And they've done so much to support Real Presence Radio. Uh, if you're in the area, stop on by again Saturday, July 17th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Thanks for joining us. This morning on Real Presence Radio, again, my name is Nick Medelsky. I'm the Listener Relationship Coordinator for the area. Uh, have a blessed day. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.